0: Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Anyone who knows Boyd Fraser knows he's a brilliant storyteller, an excellent auctioneer and has one of the best heads of hair in real estate. So how could we not invite him on The Crunch. As expected, Boyd wasn't short of a story and we chatted about everything from completing a successful auction with only one person present to selling the family estate of the King of Nauru. I hope you enjoy listening to this one as much as I enjoyed recording it. Boyd. Hello. Welcome to the crunch. Oh, I love the crunch. I love the room. <laughs> they wow. Are? Very, very snazzy. The, zoo, the, the yeah. aquarium. Mm. So we've really calmed our farm since you first walked into the office. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a hell of an entrance. <laughs> it
0: was an entrance.
1: Besides my own entrance, of course. But uh, no, it was uh, it was fantastic <laughs> to see the new office. It's beautiful.
0: So thank you. Thank mm. you. Mm. I want you to tell me to start with, you were just telling me before, I, I had you pegged as a fruiterer in an early life. <laughs> and I don't believe that was wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I know a lot of Italians and Greeks, but uh, which are mostly fruiterers. Yes. Yeah.
0: Tell me how you started your public speaking life. Okay. All right. Well, many, many years ago,
1: uh, back in 1987, uh, my family had a car dealership in Melbourne, okay. in, um, in uh, Queen Street, crossroad from the Victoria Market. So, long story short, started my career there as an 18 year old washing cars, and eventually got into selling cars. But I, I do love cars, so uh, it's in my blood. And uh, I met a guy a couple of doors down from the car dealership uh, in a shop. And it was called um, uh, it was called examples, and it was all of the seconds and uh, all of the uh, sort of factory sort of imperfections, imperfections uh, with clothing. And he said, "Look, can you help me try and sell these these clothes because I'm just not getting the sell through?" So I said, "Well, what we need to do is is let's get some of your clothing out of the shop and put it into the markets because there's stalls in there." Okay. Um, so the
0: Victoria Street Market. So, so the
1: so the Queen Victoria oh, Queen Victoria Queen Market. Victoria Market. So next thing we know. He set up the stall amongst fruiterers and butchers and all the rest of it and I tell you what, I was as nervous as a bride on a wedding night. I've gone out there and all of a sudden <laughs> I had to get out there amongst in the aisles and uh, and start selling these T-shirts and shorts and ladies' dresses and all the rest of it. So I sort of learnt that to get things uh, sold and to get the attention, you've got to get louder than the other one, uh, the, the other people beside you. Next and, year. Uh, I think that was the beginning <laughs> of the start of the auction career that I'm currently doing. <laughs> so
0: how did you how did you find your way from examples fashion mm-hmm. into real estate? Okay.
1: So back in 1999 um I was working for a wonderful cosmetic company called Yardley Cosmetics, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd been in cosmetics for ten years at this stage. Uh, started my career with Aramis, which is a subsidiary of Estée Lauder. Okay. So it started off as one of those spray guys in my Melbourne, saying, "Hey, would you like to try a new fragrance?" You know. Uh, been a single guy, it was a great way to meet a lot of women. I can a, imagine. Burke Street Mall. I'm throwing wow. back
0: to some friend scenes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, very much like that. Anyway, so 1999, a friend of mine who works, uh, he worked in real estate, said, "I think you should do your sales registration. I think you'd be good." In real estate. I mean, oh, I don't want to get into real estate. I don't like real estate agents. Um, you know, I've had a couple of bad transactions myself, a couple of bad experiences. And he said, all the more reason for you mm-hmm. to get into real estate so you can give give good experiences to your clients. So I did my sales registration, as I call it, at TAFE in Peran in Melbourne. And um, the next thing you know, I started my career with Marshall White Real Estate uh, in Melbourne, which is qu- quite a well-known agency, mm-hmm. uh, a bit like the bit like the Acton. Acton of Melbourne yeah, and uh, started my career there as a BDM, uh, which was listing rental properties on the rent roll. And uh, I must say it was a hard gig, but it taught me how to list and present to clients. And yep. uh, that's how I started.
0: Okay. And so then how did you end up as an auctioneer?
1: Okay. Just
0: missed the days in the Queen Victoria market. and You missed
1: the days. Well, you'll love this story. This is a funny one because <laughs> I became an auctioneer by default. Okay. So there was an auction in Albert Park. And uh, I was the listing agent, and I was managing, you know, this property for three weeks before auction. Anyway, about ten minutes before the auction's meant to start, I'm getting a bit nervous because my auctioneer hasn't hasn't okay. arrived. Anyway, so the auctioneer calls me and says, Boyd, uh, I've got a problem. I've had a major car accident. I can't get to you. You're gonna have to call the auction." Well, I tell you what, <laughs> the, the my throat went as, went as hard as a rock, and my heart's beating like a like a bloody racehorse. And the next thing you know. I've had to go out the front and do this auction so I said ladies and gentlemen I said look we've had uh, a bit of bad luck our auctioneer's had a major car accident and uh um I will be conducting the auction but i have to tell you that it's my first auction so can you <laughs> please can you, can you please be gentle everyone that's okay boy it's all right we'll help you out How many people were there? There was about 50 people there. It was a single <sighs> it was a single front home one of those little 1880 cottages. Yeah. So my tongue was dry <laughs> Oh, my heart was, as I said before, was going 100 miles an hour, but I got out the front. You know, what happened, I went through the rules and regulations, sort of fumbled through that, then went into a description about the property. I must say it was pretty bland, um, two-bedroom, one-bathroom, house here, ladies and gentlemen, with a small courtyard. So I was more sort of uh, trying to focus on getting this auction done. Yeah. Anyway, before I even uh, called for an opening bid, one lady said, I'll help you out, 400000 Ah. And next thing you know, we we're off and uh f- about five or well, for memories 20 this is about 18 years ago now so about six bids later we're on the market we're selling and i remember at that stage uh the adrenaline that was going through through my veins as an auctioneer that i've got this property above the reserve and uh i then started loosening up a bit and started becoming a little bit theatrical uh and called it once twice three times and bang the hammer down and sold it
0: my God! Yeah. So, were your your sellers were happy?
1: They were very happy. They were a bit shocked at the start that the auctioneer <laughs> turned up. So, do you have to be licensed to do that? That's a great question. Because in Victoria, <laughs> is that
0: legal? <laughs>
1: it, I'm glad that you say that because it's uh, in Victoria. Yeah. Um, uh, an agent, uh, who or a sales rep who has a certificate in real estate for agent representatives, as they call it over there. Can automatically do a license. Okay. So I can automatically do an auction. Yeah. My apologies, because they're actually a a a registered sales rep here in Perth. It's a lot different. Mm -hmm. You have to be a licensed auctioneer to call it uh, an auction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I I arrived here from from Melbourne, um, it was a bit different. I had to go through a, a whole. Sort of like licensing process, yeah, which is very, very different to Melbourne.
0: Yeah. yeah. So tell me about arriving here. What brought you to Perth? Yeah. Well, um,
1: uh, sort of my my, my wife in those days, yep, yeah, is from originally from the Swan Valley. So we came over in two thousand and seven. We already had a little baby girl, and uh we had our second uh, baby girl in two thousand and nine. But pretty much we came to Perth because, uh, uh you know, sort of uh, my wife was missing her, um, Home. yeah, missing her mum and all the rest. Of it. So anyway, so. Came to Perth and uh, I was actually going to get out of real estate. Tell you the truth, okay. I was 2007. I'd done it for seven, eight years. I was pretty much uh, going to be be out of it, and uh, and maybe just do auctions as a part time thing. And uh, I got a call from from an agency in Claremont saying we want to meet you. And I said, look, I'm not selling real estate anymore. I'll, I'll do auctions. And met the uh, the the principal of this particular agency, and uh, half an hour later walked out with a employment contract to be a sales rep. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So I wasn't, but then then I did.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. So how long were you, when did you join Acton then?
1: Uh, So I joined Acton approximately six years ago. Okay. So in 2013. And uh, it's been the best decision for me as an auctioneer because pretty much I went from Probably doing thirty auctions maximum per year. I'd love yeah. to have done more, um, but you know, obviously, I was I was working for another agency. and I was listing and selling and doing my own auctions. Yeah. Um, but I was too busy to do other agencies' auctions as well because I had my own opens and going auctions. On, yeah. But then Acton tapped me on the shoulder and said, "We'd like you to be the chief auctioneer." And uh, yeah, it was a bit like sort of surfing for stubby shorts, and then Ripkill taps on the shoulder and says, "We're going to sponsor you." We'll. Um, would you like to, to auction for us? Yeah. And that was life-changing for me as an auctioneer. And I went yeah. from 30 auctions to I think a peak at one stage. We were doing anywhere between – I was doing anywhere between 100 to 130 auctions a year.
0: Wow, okay. So
1: my – I think my record with Acton was about – I think it was about five auctions on a Saturday and four on a Sunday. So that was nine auctions. That's a big weekend. Yeah, I was about as horses as far <laughs> up after that. Couldn't speak <laughs> for a while. A lot of people enjoyed that actually. <coughs>
0: I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> so, t- when you came over yep. from Melbourne, yep. were you expecting? Was, um, because auctions aren't. As big here as they are over there. Correct. Was that the case when you first came over?
1: Yeah, even more so. So back in 2007, it, I, I I decided to do a bit of um, due diligence and some reconnaissance around with, with auctions and auctioneers in the western suburbs. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. I went to an auction in Dalkeith, and uh, I'll, I'll keep the agency out of it, but uh, uh, basically it was a hot day, 45 degrees. The flies were dropping dead out of the sky. <laughs> it was terrible, and I'm waiting for this auctioneer to come out and this old auctioneer's come out and a bit of a crowd, nice house, and uh, he went through the rules and regulations. And, uh, well, that's a good start. Then looked for an opening bid and no one bid it. And then he he cracked it. And he said, right, well, I've come all this way to come out here and do an auction in 45-degree heat. If you're not going to bid, well, that's your choice, but I'm going to sit under the tree and wait till you do. <laughs> and that was my introduction to Perth auctions. And I was, whoa, whoa is this the way they do it? And I yeah. thought, well, this is probably why auctions aren't working too well over here. So that's when I really got into training and, 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 uh, educating, uh, a lot of people, a lot of agents yeah. about auctions and how they should work. And, um, uh, auctions I have seen a real surge in the last, um, in, in the market in general, the last two to three years mm-hmm. in Perth, Perth Metro and surrounds. I've really seen a lot of, um, a lot of agents use the auction process, yeah. um, to get property sold. And I think a large reason why a lot of agents don't use the auction process is because the offer acceptance system that we've got here in Perth is very simple to use. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of agents tend to lean towards a private treaty because it's quite easy to get a board on the market, um, get a board on the property, get the property on the internet and put a set price or a price range, whatever. But auctions are a lot more work. Auctions are twice as much work traditionally for the same fee. Yeah. But, but I'm definitely seeing across the board auctions are more prevalent. There's more education, at rewa they're really pushing auction and there's a lot more training around it so i think it's a matter of it's a matter of time when with a, with an increase in the market and a and a bit more lift in the market and a lot more auctions i think wa will will brace auctions a lot more i mean yeah. look, look at the election in queensland that that slide to the liberals who'd ever see that yeah mm.
0: so tell me why you think i've asked this of a couple of of our guests in the past what is it to you that's the benefit of Selling via auction versus private treaty. Okay.
1: So an auction as opposed to private treaty is exactly the same in the sense that a board store needs to go out out the front of the property. Photographs need to be done by Crib Creative, of course. Of course. There you go. I just thought I'd throw that in. That's a real pleasure. Um, (laughs) It goes on the internet. So it's it's all exactly the same. You need to get brochures printed. The thing about the auction process is it's a three-week campaign. Mm -hmm. So it's traditionally four Saturdays and the fourth Saturday is the auction day. And the great thing about auction that it tends to force people's hands, whether they want to buy before the auction, Mm -hmm. buy at the auction, or we find a lot of properties will sell soon after, Yeah, um, after the auction. So a lot of people think just because it didn't sell under the hammer that the auction hasn't worked. It's not true. The auction that I do as the auctioneer is an event that's part of the process. Yeah. To sell before, on or after, and if I get a call from an agent saying, "Boy, we've just sold the property. It's a week before auction." I go, "Congratulations, Same. well done. It's yeah. worked. It's yeah. worked." Like I had one uh, with one of my staff in Munster. She just sold a property yesterday. Um, we put it to we put an auction date on it for three weeks. It sold on the first day, the first open, and it got well and truly above the reserve price because they mean, didn't want it to go to auction. Because no, a lot of buyers go, "Look, I want to buy it. What what do I need to do?" Yeah, and. I I want to buy it now, so they tend to put their best foot forward early. Yeah, and uh, and put a hopefully what we call a a terrific offer.
0: Yeah, okay. What do you love about auctions? Auction day, your day, the big day,
1: day, auction day. Well, I love driving to the auction and a bit of ACDC pumping in the uh, in the car to get. Is that how you prep? Oh yeah.
0: Is there a one song?
1: Thunderstruck. Of course. Oh, you know, love it.
0: Don't picture you as a Thunderstruck fan, to be honest. Well,
1: I sort of. I sort of didn't really myself, but I think uh, actually my my auction coach used to actually play Thunderstrike in his car, and I think oh, that's probably why it's rubbed off 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, the thing I like about auction day is there's a certain excitement. This Because mm-hmm. I'm driving to the property, uh, I've had lots of dialogue with the agent, obviously, prior to the auction day, um, and I don't know what's going to happen. I yeah. turn up, I've got my best suit on, of course, and uh, get out of the car, and I'm all pumped. And I need to give that agent the best of what I've got to give. So I'm all pumped. I'm really uh the adrenalines going but I love the fact that an auction is is like an open for inspection on steroids yeah because it's going to be a crescendo at the end of that open we're out the front and we're going to call an auction where we've got one person or we've got a hundred people um it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of my best auctions have been one person's turned up I've L- really, lots of, lots of stories around those ones. Hysterical. But uh, it only takes one person.
0: I guess so. Mm. What do you do to manage, is it your job or, or the agent's job to manage like a seller's expectation if one person rocks up? Okay. Because I imagine here people are freaking out yeah, anyway. Look,
1: look, at the end of the day, if the agent has done their job, the the seller is quite relaxed with the process. The agents inform them all the way through the campaign, the interest, the feedback, any offers, price. So the, the, the seller's quite prepped. I would believe, but certainly when I come along as the, as the auctioneer, it's almost like it, to a certain degree, like the quarterbacks arrived on the team. Yeah. So I'm the one that's got to throw that, you know, throw that ball and uh, hopefully get a touchdown for them. So um, at the end of the day, if we do have to sort of uh, adjust sellers expectations, tradition we do that halfway through the auction. If we've got bidding, but we're not sort of uh, at the uh, seller's reserve, mm-hmm. I just go inside and speak to the seller. and say this is the situation. The seller, Pretty much is quite agreeable to what I've got to say because they're watching the auction. They yeah. understand. They can see. That's the great thing about auctions too. It's very transparent. Yeah. It's a bit like this room. It's like a fish tank. Everyone, can, can, everyone can see what's going on. Everyone can see what's <laughs> going on as I turn around. No, no one's all, paying any attention they're though. They pay no <laughs> attention to us. But basically that's the great thing about auction, the transparency. The buyers can see each other when they're yeah. bidding or not bidding. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the seller can clearly see what the market's saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me um funniest auction story. Oh, God. Go.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> The funniest auction story. Craziest
0: thing that's happened to you at an auction.
1: Craziest things happened to me at an auction. Oh
0: I'll put, dear, the I'll put you craziest on the spot one now. would be
1: would be in South Melbourne many many years ago, and um, I was looking for an opening big, big crowd, and all of a sudden I hear bah! and it was a streaker, <laughs> and a streaker has come zooming through the crowd with nothing on. And how many people were in the crowd? About a hundred. And uh, I must say, uh, I was a bit shocked myself, but I had to make a running joke quickly to keep it, uh, you know, quite positive. I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, obviously that man's a buyer, but I don't want to ask where his checkbook is. <laughs> and uh, the crowd cracked up and we moved on quite quickly. So that, that was, yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, but there's been lots of situations. The, great, the, the auction is, is like going into battle. You just do not know what's going to happen. And there's been lots of great stories. You know where I've sold a property for a for, for for a dying lady of cancer, and I needed to get as much money as I could for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, for her daughter who was only twelve at the time, and uh, I think in those days it was about um seven reserve, and I got a five hundred and fifty. Wow! Okay. So it was eighty thousand above uh, the reserve price, and walked inside when I sold it, and she was crying. We're all Aww. we're all holding hands, and all the rest. That that was brilliant, and she yeah. passed um, without putting a negative spin on the story. She, she passed away soon after, but she passed away knowing that she set up her daughter. Yeah which was brilliant and yeah. uh, no, I felt great about that. Yeah. yeah.
0: What do you do when there's one person at an auction?
1: I give them the best auction they've ever had <laughs> in their life. <laughs> uh, a lot of the time the, uh, the person uh, is by themselves, of course, and, they don't, and they're probably thinking maybe I should go. But <laughs> yeah. I say, look, please don't leave. I'm going to give you an auction regardless because I will always call the auction whether there's one, a hundred, and even if there's no people, I will always call an auction in okay. front of the agent to keep it compliant. But I've had an auction in, uh, where was it, in Spearwood, where there was one person that turned up as I was reading out the rules and regulations and he said, have I missed the auction? I said, no, 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 it's happening now. And he goes, do I need to register? I said, as far as I'm concerned, you've registered. <laughs> and the listing agent looked at me like going, what is going on here? Anyway, I called the opening bid, 280, and he says, I'll give you 280." I said, thank you. And then we got the bidding going. And I was vendor bidding, which is on behalf of the vendor. And we bidded against each other and we sold it to him, um, uh, not at under the hammer, which was would, would have been nice, but we passed it and negotiated it straight after auction. There you go. And he was the only man that was there. So it only takes one. Yeah. Only takes one.
0: And it only takes one to, to buy the property. Correct. Tell me, at the moment, when you're kind of educating your agents and, and things, I, I guess, what's the mood about auctions now? You said before you think there's been an uptake. Have you noticed that amongst agents? Are they more open to it?
1: Yeah. I think… I think it's education with the Acton group, for instance, I hold uh, auction training seminars mm-hmm. and we go right through the listing process of an auction. So even right down to the, how do you fill out the paperwork? How do you fill out the auction authority? Right through how to get it ready for auction, how to manage uh, the campaign or the dialogue that you need to, you know, because a lot of people will ask what's the reserve price What's it going to sell for? Why are the owners selling? Can I make an offer prior? So there's a there's a lot more sort of questions involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the training I do also uh, educates the agent on how to manage the auction day. Because auction day is a lot different because you've got a lot of flags out there. Sometimes people got jumping castles and barbecues and it's like yeah. bunnings on steroids out yeah. there sometimes. Coffee so carts. Coffee and, carts. And, yeah. you know, I've even had ice cream vans and stuff <laughs> like that, which is brilliant. So there's a lot more involved. So I educate them all the way through. Mm-hmm. but. It's interesting, all agents should know all methods of sale and a lot of agents unfortunately only know private treaty. So I think they're doing a disservice to their seller if they don't put forward all methods of sale. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about the um, the auction process is that it encompasses all methods of sales because you can actually sell prior, so Mm -hmm. private treaty. Auction is like a a sell by date or an end end date sale, Yeah, but you've got to auctioneers can do a public event, mm-hmm. um, the tender process. It's, it's all there. Yeah. So it encompasses everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell me, you've been in real estate, what, nine, 19 years? Going on to 20. Going on to 20.
1: I think I started when I was 10, don't you think? <laughs> yes. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. don't know.
0: Um, <laughs> um, so in 2007 you moved over, you were ready to quit, didn't want to do it anymore. What keeps you in real estate? Okay. All this time. It's a good question. Um,
1: Now that I I I manage three offices, uh, well, manage three sales teams with with Acton, and what I love there is is helping these people progress, help them get through. What we are, you know, we are in a very, very, very tough market, Mm -hmm. but it's an opportunistic market too. So to help my reps or my staff to get through these 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 tough times by teaching them new techniques and mentoring and assisting them where I can. To me, it gives me a buzz. Yeah. I love it. Um, but what I love about real estate is the challenges that you have every day. Yeah. The 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 people that you meet. I mean, I've over the years I've sold properties for celebrities and sold a property for uh, the king of Nauru and I sold a property. Is there a king of Nauru? There's a king of Nauru. that's yeah, another story. <laughs> okay. That's a funny one. Uh, he wanted. Go hear, on then. He wanted. You want to hear the story? <laughs> Go on. Okay. So it was in Middle Park in Melbourne anyway. I, um, I was in my office one day and the receptionist said, Boy, you need to come downstairs. There's a gentleman to see. And I said, I have no appointments booked. She said, No, no, you need to come down now, please. He's requested you. So I went and walked down. There's a very large, sort of Pacific Island looking man, Polynesian, you could call it, and wearing a Hawaiian shirt, a sarong, thongs, and a business jacket. And he had a security and guard. A business jacket. Yeah. And he, and he had a security <laughs> guard with him. And I thought, OK, what's happened here? And he says, Oh, Mr. Boyd. Mr. Boyd said, yes, sir. Yes, Boyd's my first name. He goes, you sold a property around the corner from me. I want you to sell my property. As it turns out, he was the king of Nauru, uh, and uh, this was the Royal uh, the royal Melbourne Palace. <laughs> this was the, <laughs> the the royal family's residence. Okay. It was a 1960s duplex <laughs> apartment pair. So there was like two two-story apartments, 1960s style, stuck together. Anyway, we took it to auction. Uh, the reserve was five million, and we sailed past that at five point five. Went inside once we sold under the hammer, and he was there with his wife and his three daughters. And uh, I think at that stage he was very excited that he wanted to marry me off to one of his daughters, <laughs> so I and? could have been known as Prince Boyd of Nauru. <laughs> you said no. Well, it was it was enticing, of course. You know, there's a lot of su- there's a lot of superphosphate on that island, hence why they're known. Because <laughs> they were known for their they were known for bird poo. It was a super phosphate island.
0: Yeah, right. That's where they
1: made their millions of dollars of mining it. So that was interesting. But uh yeah, that one goes down in history.
0: There you go. Mm. There you go. Uh so how has has have things changed since you started real estate? Of course they've changed, but what are the biggest like maybe in auctions, is that an area when I mean, yeah. we talk about
1: Well auctions auctions, um traditionally haven't really changed in the sense that you still have the auctioneer that goes at the front. They have to read the rules and regulations and they do that. What I'm finding with real estate is technology, mm-hmm. technology change. And what I'm finding is the expectations of the public, Yeah, whether it be sellers or whether it be buyers. You know, in the old days when I would do an open for inspection, I'd write everyone's, you know, name and number down. Now we've got HomePass, which is an app that automatically sends them a brochure to their, to their mobile phone. And um, the way that we r- relate uh, to, to the buyers is a lot different. And I'm mm-hmm. finding a lot of buyers, um, traditionally want to be contacted by text or email. They're, they're, they're running busy lives and they just want that information quite quickly. So th- that's the biggest change that I've seen. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Do you think the buying, obviously, um, open negotiations come on the scene in the last couple of years. As a, ooh, that's a, I know, ooh, it's a dirty word. Muf, I know. And ooh, I I, I, pulled, I pulled that out without telling you I was oh, going to. That was, was that in the it script? It wasn't in the script. Sorry. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I just me on know. my toes. <laughs>
1: that's a good one. I just <laughs> <laughs>
0: want to know what, how you think that, is that a, obviously the auction's all about the, the theatre, but also yep. the, the lead into it. Correct. And op- something like open negotiation doesn't have that, but it is the transparent process of yes. negotiation. Yep. Do you think that something like that is going to have success in the long term? How do you kind of view that? Well, as opposed to the traditional selling methods. Yeah.
1: Well, um, without getting into too much political issue with of open course, negotiation, of course, of course. They still. Need I it. mean,
0: more the platform as a, a concept rather than Online being auction. that specific. Online auction. Online auction. Anything with the word auction in it. Yes. Oh, love, yes. Love. Online auction. There Online you go. Online auction. I love
1: it, and they still have to use an auctioneer to oversee the process. Okay. I, I, I believe so. The auctioneer is still very important yeah. when it comes to that, but. Um, you know, the process of auction, the way that I, I, I really sell it is the transparency mm-hmm. and basically that both buyers and sellers can see on, on a, on a given moment, on a given day, exactly what's going on with this particular property or the interest. Um, there's a lot of fear around auctions too. A lot of, a lot of, um, sellers and buyers feel like they might be under pressure or, or, or they might be induced to do something. It's not meant to be like that. It, you know, the word auction is, is quite a. It's quite a known thing around the world. I mean, you know, I ask people, when was the last time you bought something on eBay? Yeah. you bought something like that. That is an online auction system tr- most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I do charity auctions, for instance, at the Crown or something like that, the charity auctions are just incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've got silent auction items down one side of the ballroom and then we do the live auctions. And uh, sometimes it just goes bananas. So yeah. they understand the, the auction process. Yeah you know, the public. Um, but obviously when you're buying a house, um, it's the agent's job to try and take the fear, mm-hmm. the fear of buying and selling through the auction process and that's that's where the agent needs to be quite educated yeah. and manage manage the fears and expectations of both buyers and sellers alike.
0: Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Good. Boyd, my last question for you today.
1: Okay. It's a big one. Is it, should, I, should I brace myself?
0: Do you have any tips on how to be the best dressed man in the room for all of the agents <laughs> out there? And to have the best hair. <laughs> oh, that's so funny.
1: Well, at my age, having hair is a is a bonus. It's a plus. It's a plus. I've just turned, I just thought you were
0: 30.
1: Well, I've had a hard life. So, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people say, how old are you? So I'm 70, but I've got a great plastic surgeon. So it works better if I say 70. But uh, no, I've just clocked clocked 50 kilometers.
0: There you go. 50, Congratulations. 50, thank you. And, 50 rounds uh, across, around the sun? Correct. I was going to say <laughs> Something the moon. like
1: that. I've done a few <laughs> lunar landings as well. I don't remember that. But uh, but basically, um, uh, the hair's been an interesting thing. If I can add something there, that uh, uh, when I started real estate, um, my director said, "Boy, love your style and no, I love your energy, but your hair—it's—you—you—you you can't sell real estate with hair like that." And I said, "Why not? Because it's very brash and it's very 1950s." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really?" I said, "My hair?" I said, "No, I'm not changing my hair. If I have to change my hair, I'm not going to real estate." He said, "Okay, all right." So. Um, Believe it or not, I've actually got some listings because of my hair. Because people have said um, we're going with you, Boyd. Because of your hairstyle, I said, why oh, would you do that? There you go. Well, well, a man that can carry hair like that is a confident man. <laughs> so we want the most confident agent in the marketplace and you're writ. So
0: can't argue with that. Can't
1: with that. But um, no, no, no. I look at the end of the day. I'm, I like to wear a suit and tie and a handkerchief. I think that um, you don't have a second chance at a first impression. And I, I think in a, in a in a in a an era that we're in where there's a lot, it's a lot more relaxed. Uh, sort of uh, uh, professional styles and a lot of people not wearing ties these days, that's all good. But uh, I still think that the majority of the public uh, expect a real estate agent to be very uh, well-suited and uh, and well-dressed and uh, they, they want that air of confidence and success about their agent because at the end of the day, they want the best negotiator and they want the man or the woman that
0: can do the job. There you go. I heard Guy Ritchie say something similar, very similar once. What was that? Well, he said... You know, the the English gentleman, if you care about yourself, then you care about your appearance and you wear a, you wear a suit. And um, Americans are sloppy, so they just wear, you know, slop, sloppy clothes. <laughs>
1: yeah, correct. <laughs> Basically. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. What what used to happen in, uh, when we used to do the caravan or the stock run in Melbourne, they used to call it, um, uh, it was always interesting to watch my fellow real estate agents get caught unawares when we had to do an inspection of a home on a yeah. caravan or stock run and uh, shoes had to come off and you'd see the horrified books <laughs> – the horrified looks And some of these socks. ages Because they would Take their shoes off And a few of them Had <laughs> claws hanging out of, <laughs> out of their socks But I always made sure That if I did have a hole It was sewn up Nice and tight So yeah Your best pair of socks on Best pair of socks on Always
0: There you go Our final tip From Boyd Fraser Thank you Always
1: wear good
0: socks <laughs> No holes No holes Thank you so much For your time Thanks Jess Thanks for a having pleasure. me A pleasure's all mine That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So hit me up on Instagram. You can find me on Jess at crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.